Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I am still Ricky. I'm, I'm glad you're Ricky because that makes me Sean. And we have come back with a, man, there ain't a lot of news this week, but we got a ton of stuff to talk about. So uh, there is one article that I truly wanted to talk about before we did anything else. I don't want people to lose their crap. It's okay. It'll be okay. Deadpool 2 lost Tim Miller, the, the guy who directed the movie, the guy who was a driving force with Ryan Reynolds. Has mm-hmm. left over creative differences. Now, uh, of course, one article came out and said it was amicable, uh, and then a little a little later, like midweek, we got a little deeper into it, and it looks like Tim Miller did not agree with the casting of Kyle Chandler as Cable. So you know, so is that official, Kyle Chandler? That's that's the way the story I've got reads, and it just didn't match uh, Miller's vision, but. The way this reads is that Reynolds and the writers all felt like they could keep it under budget and work with what they got and they like it. And so, of course, the studio, <laughs> money money being less, the studio went, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're right. So Tim Miller left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my thing is, as long as Ryan Reynolds is cool with it, I'm fine with it. Because Ryan Reynolds has embodied Deadpool to the point where he, he is Wade Wilson. Ryan Reynolds has he was the perfect actor for that part. I think he loves the character himself that much. So as long as he's cool with it, that's fine with me. If he's not out flailing his arms going, oh no, the ship's going down. Until he does that, I'm fine with it. Right. Deadpool... That movie was just Ryan Reynolds chewing scenery. I mean, he w- he was getting on the edge of your screen and just gnawing a bit off of it and spitting it at you. I mean, he was everywhere in that movie. That movie is carried by the charisma of Ryan Reynolds. Now, of course, I don't have a directorial eye, so I don't know what Tim Miller brought to the table. I know it was a good movie. I know it wasn't mishandled. I know it was handled correctly, and it was great as a right. Deadpool movie. So... I am a little, you know, uh, I don't know, with Miller not being there as part of it because it was done really well. But, right. of course, if Ryan Reynolds is going to be there, he's going to make sure Deadpool is done correctly. He's going to make sure Deadpool comes through that screen. I think, I think it'll be a competent director that just gets the hell out of the way of Ryan Reynolds and the comedy, and it'll be fine. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Do you know, probably out of all the comic book movies that have come out recently, I probably watched Deadpool the most. I bet I have watched Deadpool 10 to 12 times easily. I haven't done that. I've watched it two or three times. If you want to say the most recent comic book movie that I've done that with would be Civil War is close, but it's it's Winter Soldier. I, I, I have seen Winter Soldier, I guarantee you, 15 times. The fight cool. choreography, but, just that that is almost a perfect movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And then I see, you know, you, you have small children that can repeat what they hear, so you, you can't watch Deadpool willy-nilly whenever you want. Right, I've, I've went um, to watch Deadpool three or four times, don't get me wrong. I, I do want, I'd like to just stop and watch that movie right now, but... Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Small children do affect my movie watching habits, and I, I, I'm okay with it. It's just frustrating at times. So, but like I said, that's the only article we got. 
I have several things that are on my screen that Mr. Thomas has thrown at me, and I think I'm going to get out of his way. Let's tell a story from our past, and this is one that, Rick, you were directly involved in. This is a story of, you know, we've been friends for, I believe, 20, 21 years now, not not at the time of this story, we had been friends maybe two years, would you say? Probably. Yeah, because my friend Chris, who is also involved in this story, now, he, I, I hold him a little more accountable because I'd been friends with him since like fifth grade. You know, I see him about every Sunday. Well, you need to tell him I said hi. I will. And tell him to listen to the podcast, especially this one, because this is a story of how when a fella thinks that he has two brothers, two people that he can count on in a vehicle, you know, ride or die, right? Not not these two. I am probably 17 or 18 at the time. I have a... Let, let's figure that out. Whenever I first met you, you were driving the Isuzu. When, yes. when, so when did I, you get this vehicle? My senior year. Okay. It all depends on whether this story took place before or after my birthday, the senior year. And I want to say it was after. So I was probably 18. I had a four-wheel drive blazer. Now, there was this, there's this place back home called Miller Creek Road. And it's an old dirt road with a wooden bridge. And people used to drive. It's the ghost story road, you know. Oh, somebody died on this road. Or if you're going fast enough, you know, you can see the ghost of a small child. None of that. Whatever. We used to go down there just to hang out, to play in the water of the creek, and to drive, you know, our four-wheel drives down there. So it had been raining for days probably close to a week solid, and I had got word, hey, Miller Creek Road's flooded out, man. I was so, <laughs> so I gather up two of my good friends at the time, Chris and Ricky here. Ricky gets in, you're the back seat, correct? I am absolutely Chris? in the back. Chris is yes. a big dude, man. He, he had to have that front seat. Yeah, he gets the front seat, so uh, we take off down this dirt road, and it's curvy at the first part. Well, we start getting to the bridge, and you cannot see the bridge. It is underwater. And uh, the water had started getting deep previous to the bridge. What I do? I threw it in four low and was like, we're going across the bridge. And at this point, I do have to interject that me and Chris were both protesting about driving through this. Yes, that, that's That fine. is I, an important part of the story. You feel free to interject on this story. As we start to go across, we get about halfway, something bad happens, and the blazer dies. Now, we start drifting lazily to the left. It could be because it was floating. It was it, The blazer was floating at that point. It was not touching the ground. This is true. I refuse to give up the ship. And I'm trying to get the blazer started. I'm trying to get the blazer started. I'm turning over. The, what do these two that call myself call them my friends? Ricky, I believe, pops the hatch on the back, and he's ready to bail out the back glass of the blazer. And Chris has got the window of the passenger side rolled down, and they're both ready to bail on me and leave me. No, 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 blazer, no, 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 you were, you were coming with us. You, you, we thought you were coming with us because the car was dead and floating I'm not, into I'm not. the swelled I'm river. I'm man. 
At no point did leaving the vehicle cross my mind, really. <laughs> and it really should have. I mean, and it finally, really should have. And at the last second, bam, I get it started. I throw it up in first. And somehow, what I believe happened was once we got against the guardrail, was my tires rubbed the guardrail just far enough that we were able to get across the bridge. And we survived. We lived. You didn't. Hey, you didn't die, did you? And you were pissed the whole way back. <laughs> yeah, because y'all were going to ditch me, man. I was going to go down with the ride. No way was I leaving my blazer. I, I put that blazer through so much hell. It is unbelievable that I even kept it. I believe I only had that thing like a year and a half, man. I went through two sets of brakes, a clutch. And a whole set of tires. Sean, you don't don't lie. You you gave every vehicle you drove hell. The Isuzu, I don't know how that thing was still held together. <laughs> what well, what was tape and prayers? What what was it after the Blazer? Was it the Grand Prix or? Yeah, yeah. I okay. traded the 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 Blazer in on the the Grand Prix. No, it was a Grand Am GT. Grand, it was yeah. a Grand Am. Yeah, it's a grand that, two door. Yeah, grand that grand. that did not get babied either. Might I remind you? Hey, you know what I did, baby? The, the eclipse. The eclipse. Well, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of. <laughs> People that you you think are your friends may not be your friends when the water gets high. Well, you know, not really many life and death situations we've had together. I mean, we we we've been pretty stupid together, but not not that stupid. Like, uh, oh, I, I've got one. Do you remember the time? Now, of course, there are several stories we could tell about this, but do you remember the time? Uh, we get a rich story. We went we went to Matt's apartment. Have we ever talked about the time that uh, No Job Rob tried to uh, skate down the back guardrail? <laughs> Ooh. No, but There's, that ended very awesome. <laughs> there was a time coming out of Matt's apartment. No job Rob decided he was going to try to grind the guardrail coming out of the uh, back of uh, back of the apartments at uh, College Hill. Now, 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 allow me to interject and say these are some steep steps. These are fire escape steps, basically. They are, are not supposed to be used on a daily basis. Steps. These these. This is on the second story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that he he made about two inches and flipped twice, landed on his face, and it was a thing of beauty. Dude, you can't call the cops, yeah. man. You can't call the cops, dude. You you you. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> dude. I think he broke his arm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I believe that's how that happened. Uh, those. But see. Those are good memories, and that got me... Well, we were talking about our stories, and that got me thinking about stuff from the past. And growing up, did you ever... Uh, okay, we have the main stuff that people love to collect, you know. People love to collect Transformers. People love to collect G.I. Joes. Guilty. Thundercats. Uh, there, there's, you know, a lot of 80s toys that are highly collectible. But what about the stuff you forgot about? The little-known stuff that you loved as a kid but isn't a major collector's item and you forgot about. So we have each thought of a toy line and a cartoon that we think people might have forgotten about that we both really liked. Uh, do you want to start off or do you want me to take it, Rick? I can, unless you want to roll in. 
You want me to do it? Well, I, I was just going to say mine for the toy line was Dino Riders. Oh, yeah. Dude, I loved Dino Riders, which, you know, it had a cartoon as well. But the toys, I wanted the Dino Riders toys. And I think I, I was only able to ever get maybe one or two of them because they were they were pricey. They were expensive toys, if I remember right. You know, probably $20, $25 and Growing up, that that's an expensive toy, you know. But I remember I had one of them, and dude, I think I had the T Rex, and he had, uh, you know, like a harness that would go around his chest and back, and then you could set your action figure on him, spring loaded missiles and stuff so that they could fire. Gah, I loved Dino Riders. I know Transformers and Dino Riders fought a lot in my house. He man may have even fought them a couple of times. Mm hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I never had a single Dino Rider, but it looked cool. The art on the boxes were cool. <laughs> what toy line do you have for us, dude? Mine uh, did not have a cartoon, sadly, but there was an obscure, and I can't even remember where, if it was, even in Walmart. I remember seeing it in like Alco or like nice. Dollar General. Ooh, you're breaking out some Alco, man. 1A LCO, LCO yeah. <laughs> uh, we had an Alco in, in our town. It's where JCPenney is now. That's where that's where I would go save my money for the month and uh, for $12 go buy a new Atari cartridge. Or, you know, I was talking to somebody like this about this last night. It was the only place I ever saw, and you may remember this, but He-Man... And GoBots both had model kits. Yes. And there was, and they were different colored than the actual. Like uh, He-Man had a Talon Rider and an Attack Track model kit that were both different colors and were uh, looked amazing. GoBots also had model kits, and that's the only place I ever saw those was there. Oh, and, I agree, dude. And let me just say, I loved GoBots because there were times growing up that you didn't feel the necessity for transforming a toy to be so complicated as a transformer. Sometimes you just wanted to flip the head up and throw down some wings and have a robot. And I loved GoBots for that. Uh, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was too in. I was too far in. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I was all Transformers all the time. Oh, I can imagine. But my toy line. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, yes. I went the long way around. The toy line that I remember that I always wanted, I had one of. I believe it was Max Steel. The toy line is Roboforce. And Ooh, this nice. was a I can't I can't describe the way the robots look. I mean they're big block well, I <laughs> big blocky with uh, bendy arms, kind of the uh, uh, vacuum hose looking arms with like clamps and stuff and, and big camera lenses for eyes. Um, suction cups, the the main part of the line was there was a suction cup at the bottom. So you'd stick them to the table and they'd, they'd move around. And they were really, they were really cool looking. And uh, I never had any of those. And I would for, completely forgot about them until I went to my first BotCon in 97. And somebody had like a whole collection for sale. And I was like, wow, I didn't know they made all these things. And uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because... There is a company that 
and uh, this company is called Toyfinity, and this is actually just a guy, like a guy and a couple of his friends, went out and bought the RoboForce license. And that's cool. If anybody out there is into it, and they've made little vinyl versions of these robots, I mean, you have to buy different parts, and they're all um, interchangeable, but you can make nice. Max Steel, you can make the uh, the bad guys in the line, and they're really, really neat to see, and you can custom paint them. Oh, That's it's, awesome. It's just really, yeah, this is a really popular kind of cult thing right now. Uh, sounds like an oxymoron, but uh, these things sell out every time they release new waves of them. Uh, Glios, they're Glios compatible. If anybody's ever collected those vinyl figures, um, it's it's a guy related to that. Uh, it's a huge underground market for these Glios figures. I, I've looked into it, and they do amazing things with uh, vinyl designs, like big uh, modular spaceships and figures. You can build your custom figures. They do custom paint, custom plastic. Um, if you get a chance, look into RoboForce and look into the, the Glios-compatible figures that are out there. Um, it's really interesting, and RoboForce is something I, I really like. That is awesome, man. So so what's your cartoon? Let, let's hear that. Well, I could go several hundred ways on this. Um, now, a cartoon... You get to pick one right now. There was several obscure shows. Well, I guarantee shows. you you not picked what I picked. I guarantee <laughs> that. Several obscure shows... Uh, in my youth that I just wanted to see more of and never did. Um, one that I did follow was The Mighty Orbots. And this, oh. this of course, was a cartoon of uh, five robots that merged together. They all had personalities. They weren't like Transformers or anything like that. But they were built by a guy, but they had uh, personalities and consciousness they merged together and formed a huge robot but they didn't like transform transform they kind of were these uh, cartoony looking characters and then during the transformation sequence they suddenly became big and blocky and arm <laughs> they really kind of fudged it uh, but it was actually the big robot was based off of a Japanese property Though the cartoon wasn't at all. The cartoon was pretty good. The animation, the intro animation, was amazing uh, to this show. And the the cartoon never actually lived up to it. But uh, it was something I did enjoy whenever uh, I was younger. And it's just something nobody's ever seen. So That's awesome, man. Yeah, I don't. I think I remember Orbots, but I don't remember watching the cartoon or anything. Now, my cartoon is probably popular, but you probably forgot it existed. And that is the Beetlejuice cartoon. I watched it last month. Are you serious? I did. I totally forgot there was a Beetlejuice cartoon until. I started looking for this uh, when we came up with the idea for this segment. And, dude, I loved that. I did not realize that Tim Burton actually had creative insight into what was going on in the cartoon. He didn't really have a hand in it, but he could, you know, mold it how he seemed fit. Dude, I loved that Beetlejuice cartoon. And, and it's really funny because Beetlejuice was very... The movie was very, very adult. You know, you probably watched it as a child, but if you watch that again, there's a lot of jokes that went over my head as a kid that I totally missed 
that I didn't miss when I watched it as an adult. And for them to transform that into a cartoon that was totally kid-friendly probably took some uh, creative ability because, you know, Beetlejuice had to actually be a hero rather than a dick. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, the, my sticking point whenever I was a kid and it came on, I'm like, wait a minute, why would Lydia be friends with this guy that tried to kill her and marry her? But anyway, the car- the cartoon is really, really good. I got over it really quick after watching it. I think I had read it went three or four seasons, and I did not know there were that many episodes. I don't remember it being that long a running show when I was a kid. But then again, do you even keep track of seasons of stuff when you're a kid? You just watch whatever's on because there's no such thing as Saturday morning cartoons anymore. So kids nowadays have no idea yeah, what it's like. And I did want to speak to the time frame that came out is shows started to come out and cartoons started to look different than they did in the 80s and this is just on the cusp of that. This is right before uh, stuff like Freakazoid, Animaniacs, that kind of thing and it, it the style is changing but it, it was Tim Burton enough that I didn't care. But you can going back and looking at it you can really see this the style Kind of like how Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, kind of got into that on the later part of uh, part of those cartoons started changing yeah. that kind of style. Uh, this yep. this is full on that style, and uh, like I said, it, it's really good, really enjoyable uh, for a kid. I have vivid memories of certain episodes. I mean, I enjoyed it that much. Oh yes. So uh, as we move on. This weekend, you put a Doctor Strange thing on here. I plan on going. I plan on going to see it if I um, have the ability to. I, I will go see it this weekend. Absolutely. And the reason I put this on here is I want y'all to be careful. If you if you care about Doctor Strange, there's a, there's some spoilers that have that have came out in some way. We're not going to reveal them on this podcast. But I I read it and I was like, well, d- duh. I mean, I, I, was this already not happening? But anyway. <laughs> Don't Wait, seek you out. Read some, you read some spoilers. I, I did. I, I, <gasps> it, I, it, it got the better of me, and I looked at the article. But I, once I looked at it, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I, I thought this was already happening. But anyway, like I said, skip any spoilers that are out there. It's fine. You may feel the same way I do about it. You may be pissed off. You may not feel completely no. the same way I do. But skip, skip any articles you see about Doctor Strange. Go see it fresh. I think you will really enjoy the movie. Plus, all the reviews that are coming out are saying it's one of Marvel's, once again, one of the best movies Marvel's put out. I know, man. They just keep topping themselves. And what's funny about this is critics, we always give critics, you know, a bad name. Well, the critics said it was bad, but I thought it was a good movie. You know, the the critics are always, they're like the referee in uh a sporting event, you know, you're, you're always against them unless they do something for your team. And, and right now the critics are saying good things about Marvel. So we're all like, look what the critics are saying. Look what the critics are saying. You know, even the critics are saying it's awesome. So of course we're behind them and I cannot wait to see this movie. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Absolutely. And speaking of Marvel, what is your interest in Avengers number 55? Avengers 55 is a first appearance of Ultron. You know, I, I play on eBay. Like I said, I've been at work a lot. I've been on eBay a lot. A gentleman has a reader's copy. It's just a copy 
of usually somebody will throw that tag on a key issue book that's in low grade and you know it's been read through multiple times it's a key you know you can't keep every key issue in mint condition because how are you going to read the comic if it's in mint you know i don't read the comics that are my keys that i have right now so this is a reader's copy and the gentleman just lowered the price a few hours ago to $22. What do you think about that? And, and when I say low grade, it has the left-hand corner is torn up to the staple. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd have to see it. But I mean, yeah, $22 is a good price on the, an Avengers book that old and, and one of those things. Um, you know, and if it's just something you, you want to flip through and just own and, you know, put in a bag and board and, and look at at times, yeah, that's... Uh, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Uh, Twenty-two dollars isn't isn't nothing for a book like that. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I, I may I may pull the trigger on that. So that, that's just something I wanted to run by you, and then maybe I can get some feedback from uh, the listeners. An older book like Marvel Unlimited being out there, and you know, being online, the older books that are pricey are just diminishing return these days. But if it's something like I don't know. If it's something special to you, like I have a uh, pretty okay copy of Iron Man number 55, first appearance of Thanos, would I spend a good chunk of change on a decent copy of it? I might. You know, because that book means something to me. I love Thanos. I love Iron Man. It, it's like the perfect storm. Um, yeah. You know, and I have done such a thing. Like, I have a framed, near-mint condition. Uh, my first comic was Ghost Rider number 76. And I have a framed copy of a near-mint condition book. But I also have my original copy that I bought that I look at from time to time. I mean, I, nice. I know exactly what you're saying there. And, yeah, I'd say shoot for it. Heck, yeah. All right. I may pull the trigger on that. But, but now that now that we're in our comic section, I believe you have a comic story for us. Well, I wanted to bring in to light some uh, old... Now, we've done this already from time to time. We wanted to talk about comic stories that have, that have been out there that are, that are really great to read, really well written, uh, really great artists. One of my favorite artists to start with is, is John Byrne. To me... He's the seminal Marvel artist whenever you talk about classic. There, there are certain waves you think of when you think of Marvel artists. You think of uh, Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby it is in the first wave. You get into Steranko and John Byrne and Neil Adams, which, I mean, he's more DC, but he, he still feels in, in, that, in that second wave of guys coming in. And then you get right. your, uh, you know, up in the Jim Lees and your Wallace Portacios and your Todd McFarlands and, and, and all that. And, you know, the second wave of comics, not to push aside Jack Kirby or any of that, uh, which his stuff is amazing uh, in a, on a different level than a John Byrne. But John Byrne always felt real, felt detailed, felt... Like, story was coming off the page without words, to me. Right. Um, you know, he was just such a great artist. And there was a story on his fantastic run of Fantastic Four, which is probably the book he illustrated the most in, in Marvel. And it's called The Trial of Reed Richards. Reed Richards made a decision. Galactus had come to Earth and was finally going to destroy it. 
and the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, fought him to a standstill. He he sh- he sh- uh, used so much of his energy. He shrank. You know, Galactus is normally taller than any building in in New York, and he shrank to about half the size of a skyscraper. And right. he was dying, and Reed saved his life because it, it was the right thing to do. And you know, he has this soliloquy about you know, it's what it, what it means to be a hero. Uh, doing the thing that possibly could, in the moment, you have to do the right thing is is the point. Well, I, I think I've got these written out right. Like Fantastic Four two forty two, I believe, is where that happens, where the Avengers and them fight, and then after that, there are some repercussions. Elandra, um, the Shi'ar okay. uh, queen, shows yes. up as a hologram to Reed and Sue, and says there'll be repercussions for this. Well, uh, in an issue of Fantastic Four, like number 260, Reed disappears. Nobody knows where he's went. Nobody knows what's happened to him. Well, the Watcher shows up to... And, okay, there's another story point in, once again, the mythology of Marvel. John Byrne, as an artist, exists in the Marvel Universe. He's a comic book artist that draws the Fantastic Four comic in the Fantastic Four comic. So, the Watcher Watcher shows up to John Byrne and collects him to and get the rest of the Fantastic Four and takes them to where Reed is being held at at the Shi'ar Empire because of what's coming. And they're going to put him on trial for saving Galactus' life because when he did this, Galactus left... And his herald found him another home, wor- uh, another world to satisfy his hunger. It was the Scroll Homeworld, and oh. Galactus absorbed it and nearly wiped out all the scrolls in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, so they put him on trial for this and for anybody Galactus has killed since then. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's just the art is amazing. The way the story is told, the grandeur of you know, these, these cosmic characters in Marvel can come off really cheesy really easy because you're talking about high concepts and stuff like that and you're in a, in a comic. But John Byrne on the page gives this such a grandiose look and like all the different aliens see Galactus as... Like we see Galactus as a humanoid wearing armor. All the other aliens see Galactus as them either wearing armor or as them or... In, in each one sees him differently, and right. so like first they have Reed is on trial, and then they call witnesses. Like the Watcher appears and says it's not against his uh, uh, vow of non-interference because it's a legal proceeding, which the Watchers also have. And then like Odin shows up to uh, oh wow uh, as a as a character witness, and uh, he's a good guy. Galactus finally shows up and uh Alondra doesn't you know says yeah I don't recognize your authority here you know and she's nearly uh, pissing herself and you know they they just say look Reed, Reed's going to die we're the decision is we're we're going to have to kill him because I mean this is really? this should not have happened yeah and then finally at the end uh Galactus and the Watcher combine their powers and bring I believe it's the living tribunal uh to to the proceeding and he uh, opens up everyone's like expands everyone's mind to the entire universe, and they all understand that Galactus has a place in the universe. It's not good. It's not evil. It is part of nature, 
So right. like Reed gets acquitted in this, but it's, it's a really, really great story. And I, I can't do it justice explaining it. The art is amazing. It's all John Byrne. And that is awesome. Um, it's just a really great sweeping story. And I recommend anybody pick up the entire run of John Byrne, uh, Fantastic Four comics, but this one in particular. There are a couple of others I could mention in that, but uh, just do some research on Fantastic Four and John Byrne, and some great stories come out. The, the Negative Zone stuff, the uh, She-Hulk replacing thing, um, the Secret War stuff that's in there, the Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is defined for me by the John Byrne run in Fantastic Four. Whenever I think of John Byrne, I would think of Doctor Doom, it is that Doctor Doom. That is that's the Doctor Doom you think of in your head. Yes, that's awesome. What I have is my wife has wanted some comics, so I have picked up some comics for her, and she obviously, like I'd said previously, she wants the Jessica Jones. Uh, She has some Spider Gwen, but there's also Gwenpool. Now, do you know anything about Gwenpool? Um. We, you've mentioned it before, and I said that I thought it was a just the visual. I, I saw the comic, and of course, I, I get it. I get what it is. But uh, I, I don't know anything about origin or characterization. I, I can assume that it's Gwen Stacy as Deadpool and breaking the fourth wall and hijinks ensue. That's, well, that's everything I know about it. Well, let me just say, the, the there is no fourth wall with Gwenpool. She she lives in the fourth wall. Um, and when I say that, she, she appeared first time. Her origin story is in Howard the Duck 1, 2, and 3 in the back copies, or in the back of the issues. I want people to read these, so I won't give too much away, but Gwen is one of us. She's from us. She's from our universe. And somehow during the Secret Wars, she went into the Marvel Universe. So she knows who everybody is in the Marvel Universe. She knows their stories. She's just an avid comic book fan that once she was in the Marvel Universe, she went and had a suit made for herself and named herself Gwenpool. Oh my god. She, has no pa- she is a living Mary Sue. Oh my god. That's amazing. She has no powers whatsoever. Um she cannot shoot to save her life. Literally, um she's always finds herself in ridiculous situations. But what's funny is she's had all these interactions and uh it took her to the point of meeting Doctor Strange, and she told Doctor Strange, "She's like, you know, uh, you're you're just a comic book character. One of one of my favorite things. She she tells him, you're just a comic book character. And did you know that they're in my world? They're about to do a movie about you. And uh, Doctor Strange looks into our world, and he's like, hmm, Benedict Cumberbatch. I can see that. <laughs> like she breaks." There are no walls. She is one of us, and he ends up ripping her birth from her real mother and father from our world and moves her permanently into the Marvel Universe because that's what she wants to do. So now she is permanently in the Marvel Universe. She has her own comic story, 
But the thing I like about her is she still has all this knowledge. Like, she knows all the people's identities. She knows who everybody is. She knows where they live. She has a lot of highly important information because she's a comic nerd and she's read all this stuff. So anything that's in the comics, she knows. And now she's been moved to the universe from our world. And I just think that's a great creative idea that, that that's got to be one of the most original ideas we've had for a new character in a while. Now, I, I do love the fact that, you know, Spider-Gwen is, oh, she got bit instead of Spider-Man. Well, that's almost a what-if scenario. That could be, you know, you could have done a what-if comic, and then all of a sudden it got popular and you just went on from there. Uh, and, and I have nothing against Spider-Gwen. I've read a couple of hers, and that is a great book as well. But I just really think Gwenpool is an original idea and what I have read I really enjoyed and if you get a chance you sh- you should pick up some Gwenpool and read it as well. Yeah, that sounds really great. I'm really into that idea now that you've told me that. That sounds amazing. Oh, dude, you need to read it. it- it's so much fun because she has <laughs> she has no tact, she has no abilities, she has no superpowers. She's just a crazy girl that likes to take guns. She's always taking stuff. She just she doesn't care whether you're a good guy or bad guy. She just takes stuff randomly. She's like, oh, somebody wants that. I'll take it. And then she takes off. And next thing you know, she's got bad guys and good guys hunting her down. It, it's just a really fun story. Well, that sounds great. Um, the What I wanted to talk about next was I did some shopping today uh, locally. I've seen, seen these tweets. I've seen these tweets. Now, I want to put it out there to our, our fans and the friends of our fans and, and you yourself, Sean. I okay. want everybody to start, whenever they pick up any comics, use the hashtag local hall. And, okay. And... Put a picture out there of the comics you got. I want to see these. That's what that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Sean, I'm going to ask if, if you think you can. Okay. Can you do that? I can, I can probably do that. That's very cool. And we may possibly be pulling some contest uh, information from, from these, from mm. that hashtag. So if everybody will get that started, you know, and if that'll work. So, uh, so if you pick up something cool... And you tweet it to the Not So Southern G's Twitter with hashtag local hall. It could benefit you in the future. Absolutely. And I, I wanted to talk about my local hall today. Um, okay. I picked up an amazing deal on some vintage Iron Man comics and an Avengers comic. First of all, at a at a local flea market. These are from 1978. I got a, I got a run of of three of them: 107, 108, and 109. One of them is the cover is by John Byrne, and then I also got Wait, what, another. What comics are these? Iron Man. Iron Man. Okay. And from from seventy eight, uh, one hundred seven, one hundred eight, one hundred nine. I also got uh, number one one nineteen, which is cover and interiors by John Romita Jr. Uh, these oh. are amazing looking books. They're in great condition. They're in very fine condition by the way nice and i i got a great price on them plus an avengers 169 which is also a great looking cover and then i 
did what you suggested and went by Collector's Paradise today with my son. Oh, you went? I did. And we went Oh, through, I didn't know you went. I'm so excited to hear this. Went through the dollar bins and uh, met the owner. Very nice gentleman. I picked up... One of the things I was looking for was Supernatural Thrillers. And mm-hmm. I was able to pick up three of those. Number 8, 10, and 15. Some Thor... Walt, Walter Simonson run of Thor for a, in the dollar bins, which I couldn't believe. Transformers Dude. universe, some Marvel universe. Now, did did you ever have any official handbook to the Marvel universe comics? I did not. Okay, do you know what those are? Uh, I are they just like the you know the backstory and everything? Yeah, they were they were a run of comics that Marvel did, and and it's not just these characters like. I picked up a Transformers one. They had four of the Transformers universe, which has the picture of the character, its first appearance, death and or information and all that, and then backstory for the whole character. And now the Marvel universe does significant issues. Like I can, let me break one of these open real quick, and I can just give you an example. And they did. Uh, this is an older comic, but in the 80s they updated it, and in, in 89 they updated again. And each one has uh, a Book of the Dead version, and that's one of the ones I've picked up here. Like Awesome. I immediately turned to Dracula. So it has uh, real name, occupation, identity, legal status, former aliases, place of birth, place of final destruction or death. Marital status, known relatives, group affiliation, wow. base of operations, first appearance, uh, final appearance, and uh, origin issue, and then plus other others list, list significant like the living, uh, the characters that were living at the time they list significant issues, and then plus it also has some uh, uh, significant artwork from the character at the time. If they're a big character, they've got a lot of panels of artwork with them. If not, if they're just a, like a hammer and anvil for Hulk bad guy, they have like two pictures. One's of them and then the other one of them getting killed. So, I mean, right. it's it's really enjoyable. I read through these like crazy whenever I was a kid. And that's, oh, that that's kind of awesome. where my Marvel stuff started. Um, at why I think I know so much about Marvel was I, I just yeah. read over so- these like encyclopedias. I didn't know, dude. Is that not the coolest store? That is that is a very good store. Oh yeah, the the toys were unbelievable in there. I mean, and it was very yes. well organized, very well put together. The comics were great. There were great deals. I couldn't believe the dollar bin had some of this stuff for a dollar. I mean, there's there's stuff dude. I haven't seen in my years of collecting that were in the dollar bin. I was like, what? What is this? No, I know. I told you his dollar bin is unbelievable, and I love his comics. His wall comics are so reasonably priced. There's a couple that I'm going to go back and I'm going to get. Well, let me let me know when you go because I will meet you there. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that Avengers 57 up there, but I did. Beautiful copy of. Oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that very soon. Uh, but he was very nice. I talked to him for about five minutes about uh, some Transformers cards I was looking for. He wasn't familiar with, and I, I showed him. Uh, I've been meaning to mention, I, I also have a Twitter account, uh, Transformers Card... Well, let me let me make sure I've got it spelled right. It is at Transformer Card on Twitter. I've archived the original... Transformer card collection from Milton Bradley, and also I've created a second uh, generation of that card line. I plan on doing some more stuff with that 
if some if you want to check that out and, and tell me if you like it or not. But that's that's just something on the side I've been doing. Uh, the main that's point awesome. is having really really great success with local comic collecting here lately it looks like the market is is coming back people are breaking out their older issues and, and think they're going to be able to move them and you know i'm i'm happy to help them if if these are the prices oh, we're yes. getting for them so hashtag local haul and let us know because I, it's so exciting to get the stuff that you're looking for the stuff you did not know was out there that you just found like this uh, Marvel Chiller stuff I, I really enjoy that I never even knew existed. So That's awesome. And we want to share that excitement. So tweet us back, oh. local hall, uh, hit us, put it on Facebook, and share it with us. We love this stuff. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We move on. Has it been long enough? I, I believe everybody in the world knows uh, well, but, our our okay. local okay. our local newspaper. Now, let me tell this story. Let me tell this this way. Yes. Okay, so our local newspaper, the Batesville Garb, made national headlines because somebody yes. enterprising individual put put a obituary for a character off The Walking Dead, uh, who yes, was Glenn. revealed on. Oh, I, I, everybody knows Glenn. Okay, everybody knows it was Glenn uh, who put a very nice obituary for Glenn. In the newspaper, and it made it to national headlines. So, The Walking Dead's a pretty big deal, guys. I mean, I, I made a comment a few episodes ago about how it's wash, rinse, repeat. But I don't actually share that opinion. I really get wrapped up in those stories. Rick, of course his name is Rick, but I, I really want to know where that goes. You know, is Rick going to lose his hand sometime? You know, is... Is he going to make it? Is Carol going to make it? You know, is what's happening to Maggie? Ugh. You know, I could make myself sick over watching, and I've stayed away from it for a little while. Now, I wish I was trying to catch up before the season premiere, but I, I did not have success with that because I'm way too freaking busy, partially with this podcast. So, uh, I'm, but I'm happy to do it. But, and, and another yeah. character, I mean, they, they pulled a double fake, which was. You know, kind of original. I mean, nobody saw it coming the second time, so ugh. That's all I got. You got anything yes. to say about it? I, I don't. I haven't I haven't watched Walking Dead in two seasons. I am two seasons behind. I don't know when I will have time to catch up. It got to the point to where my wife didn't want to watch anymore because she just can't handle the the, truth? the violence. The violence. It's just got to the point where she she doesn't like watching really brutal stuff anymore. So we 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 just backed off, and you know I, I'm I'm sad, but I, I called it. I called both of them. I, I because both both actors were seen on other sets in other states about three or four months ago, and I was like, huh, why would they be there then? Called it, but anyway, okay. That moves us on to our big segment with a Have You Seen It? And, Rick, I want to know. We both enjoy outer space, right? And we both believe, well, I believe that there's the good possibility, I'm not saying humanoid life, but there's a good possibility that there's life out there in outer space. How do you feel about that? If I think there's life in outer space? Yes. Well, on, on other planets, other places, other moons. Well, are there little green men visiting us? No. Is, is no. there is there 
Is there something out there breathing, eating? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, there is a moon called Europa, and it is highly believable in the real world that there is a good chance of definite maybe that there could be life under the outer crust of Europa. Well, there's a movie from 2013 called The Europa Report in which it is lost footage movie of a, a privatized team being sent to Europa to find out if there is life. And I'm not going to give you all the details because I, I really enjoyed Europa Report. I looked, when I was looking this up, I seen Rotten Tomatoes didn't have a great score for it. IMDb really didn't have a good score for it. But then I read some of the reviews and people enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I but But then again, I'm a space nerd. I'm somebody that when they say, hey... NASA or SpaceX or somebody like that's talking about going to Europa. I'm all for that. That's stuff that butters my bread. I like that stuff. I, I think if you like space stuff, Europa Report is a very good movie. You should check it out. I have not seen it. It's on Netflix. Well, my pick is not on Netflix. I bought this out of sheer, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I bought it. But, uh, Looks like you took a chance. I did take a ch a big chance because my don't see it relates directly to this movie. But I see that. I bought Kingsglaive, the Final Fantasy fifteen movie that's coming out before the game, mm -hmm. and I was pleasantly surprised. It was really, I mean, really good. It was well. It has Sean Bean. It has uh, Cersei what? Lannister herself uh, doing voice work. Yeah, it's all. It's a computer-generated animated movie, and it's really good. It is really good. The spells, the opening is breathtaking. The fight, awesome. the fighting is amazing. Story's okay. I mean, okay. it's it's a Final Fantasy. If you've played a Final Fantasy game, it's very Final Fantasy. Uh, it's yes. not as talky as you'd think it would be. It's, um, there's not, there's not as much exposition. It, it, is it Advent Children, or is it? No, no, no. It is better than Advent Children. I will tell you that right now. Really? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Wow. And it's it's really well done. I, I really do. I'm glad I own this movie. I'll, I'll watch it again easily. You know, I bought it on Blu-ray. You don't have to do that. But it, it's out right. there for a pretty good price. And if you enjoy computer animated, good fantasy, uh, uh, well, magic spells and demons and, uh, you know, fighting, fighty fighty's great in it. So I, I like it. It was worth my money. I want to see it just to know what happens to Sean Bean. <laughs> well, I, you, you'd want to see wanna it. I know if he lives, man. I, the reason you want to see it is because my don't see it relates directly to it. Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Do not see that movie. Oh my um, god. I I'm remember I remember you watching this movie. Why don't you tell me what you thought of this movie? That is garbage, man. I, I've never I was excited. I remember being like so pumped. I was like, uh, uh, Final Fantasy movie, Final Fantasy movie. Let's let's watch this. Did we didn't theater this one together, did we? I'm trying it's, to remember. It's possible we did. Uh, because I believe we did. I know we both saw it in the theater. Yes, I believe we went together. This is one of those that when we got out, we stood at the side of the theater for a while because we had to rant. We had to vent. 
because I did not want to drive because I was so put out with how excited I was for this movie, where my expectations were, and what they gave me was so pathetic. I well, don't want I mean, to step all over your don't see it, but I am fully on board with nobody <laughs> ever watching this movie ever. Well, he, here's the problem with that movie. Expectation. This movie came yes. out on the tail end of like Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8, Final Fantasy 9. Yes. Those are very well-told, engrossing magic heavy you know heroic mythical stuff and we're 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 getting what we're gonna this is gonna be put on screen no none of that was put on screen they go oh hey we can almost be photorealistic here let's make a movie and let's slap this name on it and let's steal some ideas from final fantasy 7 but let's not show any magic at all nobody's magic nobody will believe magic don't do any magic no magic no summons it's all guns and, and spirits of aliens killing everybody. What What is this? It's a hot mess. It's a, it's a pile of garbage. It's a tire fire is what Final Fantasy The Spirits Within is. Do not watch this movie. Do not watch this movie. You know, you know what's bad? Is as much ranting as we just did in the past two or three minutes about how bad this movie is. It's better than my don't see it. Oh, no. I, I put it on here cryptically because I didn't want you to figure out what it is. I, You know I'm a glutton for punishment sometimes because I just want to see stuff, right? You know, I'm like, I want to see that. I, I, I know it's bad. I know it is. I, I, I can see on Netflix that it has one star or half a star, but why is it so bad? Well... When I worked night shift, I answered that question for myself, and I watched The Human Centipede 3. Why? Why would you? Why? What? Why? Why would you I'm do sorry. such a thing? It's horrible. Oh, my. Dude, God bless. It is so bad. It is just the most ridiculous, stupid. The actors are, dude, there are B actors out there that give out. Emmy-nominated performances compared to this sack of crap. Do not do ever, ever watch The Human Centipede 3. Now, I know there's people out there listening going, yeah, I would never watch that movie. Why, why would you? I don't know. I'm just putting the warning out there so that if you're ever tired or whatever at night and you're flipping channels and you're like, huh, I just want to know. No, don't. Don't answer the question. Let me answer it for you. It's horrible. It's god awful. It makes just just don't just don't ever watch this movie. It's so bad. Blah. I don't like the sound of that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, man. It is it is horrendous. And on that horrendous bombshell, I will say you can find me at Maynard ninety eight. You can find both of us at Not So Southern G's on Twitter. At Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. Also at Transformer Card on Twitter. Oh, didn't see that coming. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Not So Southern Gentlemen. Uh, like us, share us, uh, tell us what you think. Oh, and one more thing. For anybody that doesn't know, our email is not so southern gentlemen at gmail.com. If you don't want to f- type something out on a public forum such as Facebook, Send us an email at notsosoutherngentlemen at gmail.com. 
we'd be happy to read it. I believe we actually have one in queue that we haven't even spoken about. If you're listening, sir, uh, we have read your email. I am watched a couple of episodes of the show you suggested, and it will make its way into an episode, I promise. For Not-So-Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm reading. Wait, I'm Ricky. In a have a good night. And far away the planet of New Texas floats deep in space. Sky of three suns, land of precious ore. The carrion rush brought outlaws by the score. And one day a lawman appeared with powers of pop, wolf, puma, and bear. Protector of peace, mystic man from afar. Champion of justice, martial brave star.